Hey, it's Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love doing. And do you know what gets, um, it interferes with making a living doing what you love doing is when you get sick. Have yes. you ever had to perform Jason? Oh, by the way, I'm here with my buddy Jason Hello. Medbury. Just so awesome. Always <laughs> to see you. I tell you, this guy is such great advice. And um, <laughs> it's great to ha- be doing this with you. Thank uh, you. I don't can't here. think of anyone else I want to do it with. And oh, thank you to the listeners. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, so my God. Many great reviews and. They crack me up. Some yeah. of the reviewers I know are comedians, yeah. and boy, are they funny. I, I love everybody writes a review. Thank you so much for all the stars. And that also helps us, you know, be available for other people. The more reviews we get, the more, you know, exposure we get, and more people can take advantage. I'm You're not like me. I'm approval junkie. So oh. I, I, I'm like, for me, reading a review is like I'm shooting up heroin or something. Um, so... My biggest fear is always um, getting sick before a gig. Oh, yeah. And I have had to perform when I'm so sick because you can't really cancel nope. some of these gigs. No, nope. the show um, must go on. You have to go out. Yeah, especially when you're getting paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it's just like one night and um, and then you have to go, well, which drugs do I take? Yep. <laughs> right? Because, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to do the... Oh, like the, um, if you take, what what are those things? Amphetamines? Oh, yeah. Not amphetamines. <laughs> yeah, They're not speed. amphetamines. No, 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 not amphetamines. What's the things that dry you out? Antihistamines. Oh, antihistamines, yeah. Oh, my God. They knock me out. Oh, that's the- like, that's like. Well, they're like quaaludes to it's me. It's the like, beginning Whoa. of methamphetamines right there. So, <laughs> so yeah, I can see that. No, and then, and then they affect your performance. And mm-hmm. they, oh, my goodness. And, and it's so hard. So... I thought it'd be really good, Jason, to talk about what do we do to keep healthy yep. as a performer. Yeah, and, and just any crib. Now, I have always found that performers have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to this because performers get adrenaline. When they go out on stage, when they go out and perform, when they go, they, suddenly those, especially if you've like kind of honed in your skills a little bit, you go into like this thing that is literally performance mode and your body chemistry changes like you you know you may have been freaked out and sweating and with a stomach ache five seconds ago and then you get up under the lights you land your first joke and everybody laughs and all of those things go away and suddenly you're doing well you know when I was in college uh, I had a heart issue during a show um, that I had to kind of do the show must go on and they took me to the ER afterwards and um but that level of adrenaline, that performance oh, intensity can kind of carry you over. What's really hard is, let's say you're an author or you know, a visual artist or something like that, and you're on a deadline and you're sick as hell. Those are the worst ones because there's no audience to perform to. There's no thing. It's just you grinding in your gunk, just trying to finish. And also, you know being sick messes with your head. You don't think as clearly you, you know, maybe you're not getting enough sleep or enough oxygen or whatever, and you're making more mistakes. So everything takes longer. It's just, Oh, it can be, it can be really tragic for a creator. You are so right about that adrenaline. I was doing a show where there's a lot of magic in it. And the very beginning of it, um, we're three girls sitting on chairs and I had to go, yes, I am Judy Carter, goddess mystery. 
And that was the point where um, the person behind the curtain pressed a lever that lifted me. I'm sitting and lifted me up in the air. <laughs> right. So I'm up in the air and I guess he sneezed or let go of it. Uh, or it broke. No, it oh. broke oh, is geez. what happened. And I flew six feet down, landed on my ass, and I broke my coccyx. Oh. And this is the beginning of a show that has dancing and magic and oh, and everything. And and I'll never forget, I just went on. Yep. And um, someone mentioned it last night. It was a relative, Bonnie Schaefer, who said, I remember that show. Um, and, you know, we turned to each other and said, wow, how does she do that each show? <laughs> like nobody noticed. And that is the adrenaline of yeah. performing. It's the cure to everything. It's Absolutely. just like I, my butt is broken. <laughs> but. And I just went on with the show. And mm. there's actually I find when I'm ill and I perform, there's some magic to it. Mm -hmm. I find that. I have no energy to do all what I call my um, needy shenanigans. Ah, yes. Um, it's really funny, especially when I'm doing stand-up. <laughs> and when I'm doing stand-up, I have, because I have no other energy except to really be present in the moment, I have done my best flu shows. Oh, my, yeah? They've been, they've been my best because I'm, I'm so present. Mm-hmm. And, and there's some and there's no power need. to yeah, it. Yeah, there's no need to to kick it up a notch or play to the crowd more than you need to because you're here to do the work. You go in, you do the work, and then you're done. And sometimes that's all you need to do in order to accomplish what you're there to do. It's when you get that laugh or, or that that nervous energy takes over and you feel like, oh, I should be, t I should go three more steps with this or I should go a little bit more. But sometimes when you're sick, you're like, I am doing just what I need to do and not a step further <laughs> because I'm going to fall over if I don't. And, you know, that's, it's so funny we're talking about that because that is so powerful to have faith in your material mm -hmm. and what you're doing and being being there and I think being sick um, puts you in that space but let's talk about yeah. how to now that's not an that. ideal we don't want to go like you don't want to be like running around and and getting ills just so you can you know take the edge mm -hmm. off before you go on stage that's I don't not think, what we're yeah no our action here. step it yeah. is enough so get the flu always perform sick yeah no, no, <laughs> no, that no is that's not, not what we're trying to no. say no so you know we were talking talking because you came in here and you said well i've been sick and i and you're you um have bronchitis or something viral yep. um not the coronavirus no and not the coronavirus <laughs> yeah. confirmed um, not the confirmed. coronavirus okay um and you said uh there's no drugs there's nothing you can do for it so i'm fasting and you haven't you haven't eaten for how many days now? I'm on day six right now. And fasting helps you feel better? Well, okay. So a couple things to note. So I do intermittent fasting normally. Like normally I'm, I do what's called OMAD or one meal a day. Um, and, uh, and intermittent fasting is basically, you know, not eating for the majority of the day and having a very small what's called feeding window. And I have always found that... 
but I, I am, uh, I am fasting adapted. I'm used to fasting. I, I, I usually generally do a long-term fast, whether I'm healthy or sick every year, regardless. Um, cause it's kind of like a big reset button you can place on your body, especially after the holidays. Uh, you know, I've mentioned before, I, you know, I had surgery in November that kept me on my butt for an entire month. And then it was Thanksgiving and then it was crazy catch up work. And then it was Christmas. And I just ballooned up with weight because I was just stuck on my butt eating great food because there was food everywhere and it was all magically delicious. And I wasn't physically moving around because I was basically told not to. And then at the top of the year, I felt like garbage. So I got back onto my routine, back onto my, you know, intermittent fasting. But then at the top of the month, I got sick and uh, and and have been sort of dealing with this bronchial infection since then. Uh, and the, my doctor told me, you know, hey, one thing that helps to kickstart the immune system is fasting. And I was like, you know what? That's absolutely right. Because whenever I do my fast or whenever I do that kind of stuff, I always feel really good in like the middle of it. Now, each person is very different and, you know, disclaimer, consult your doctor before doing any, you know, sort of thing. But like, I'm not a skinny guy. I'm a big dude. So like I can fast for a while and be okay. There's, there's plenty of me to work down. <laughs> so, so are uh, you saying right now you haven't eaten anything for six days? Yes. And, and that's not even my, the longest I've ever fasted either. So, you know, but I'm doing, but I'm doing this now as a medicinal thing, not as a, not as a fitness or health thing or, or weight loss thing. I'm doing it because fasting does help kickstart your immune system a little bit. And uh, at least according to what, you know, my doctor said, and he said, you know, give it a try because I had tried all the other methods. I was trying to tons of vitamin C and, and, uh, supplements and things like that and and trying to get extra sleep and, and really not trying to push myself and then and then I tried the okay well maybe I should get some more exercise and get moving around and get some sunshine and stuff like that and, and that didn't seem to help and uh, you know uh, and I went uh, cleaned up my my diet entirely it was just nothing but fruits and vegetables and cut out all the sugar and all the alcohol and all that stuff and that didn't really seem to help and then so as I'm telling my doctor this he's just like okay well have you tried fasting and I was like well, I do fast when occasionally, so let me give it a shot. And literally, I did the first two days of the fast, and I came out the other end, and I felt better than I felt the entire month so far. Um, and I progressively felt better each time. Um, now, the thing about, you know, a bronchial infection or things like that or anything doing, dealing with your lungs is that, you know, it comes up and it goes down. It's, it, it, it has like flare-ups, you know, like you're fine for six hours and then the last two hours of the day you sound like you're dying from sort of, sort of you know, crazy disease. Um, or you'll wake up and you'll be coughing and hacking and sneezing, but then you once start, you start moving around, every, all that goes away and you're just good to go. Um, so, yeah, so it was, just a, it was just a recommendation and it's been working well, so far. Well, you know, what's so interesting to me about all of this is – when, when we talk about purpose and mm -hmm. one's purpose in, in your career or living your life purpose, it seems that one of the biggest problems to finding your purpose in life, in your career, in, in a day or whatever it is, is that it's outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get somebody who's going to tell you what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. And you're going to find something. And it's the same thing with if your purpose is like right now is I need to get well, most people will go like, well, what, go to a doctor, which mm. I'm not putting that down at all. Mm. But it's like, what pill can you give me yes. 
that will help me mm-hmm. um, um, change. And so what you're doing is taking a huge action mm-hmm. of not putting anything in your body, which is the opposite yeah. of things um, to be within your body and let it heal by not giving it any food mm-hmm. um, to stop that whole process and have a reset. Yeah. And, right? you know, because, yeah, we're talking about, you know, uh, external care versus self-care. You know, self-care is a huge part. And, like, if you think you're going to be successful in anything and not consider your health, in the process, you're going to you're going to suffer poorly. Like I see people who push themselves absolutely to the limit because they think, oh well, that's what it's going to take to succeed. And it's like, no, all of the most successful people I know take their health and their personal care of themselves very seriously. They take their sleep very seriously. They take their diet very seriously. They take all those types <laughs> of things. Because that's when you become Mick Jagger. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if you look at this. Yeah. He made a, a decision uh, early-ish in his career because he's around just like comics are around, drugs and alcohol and fried food yep. and, you know, travel, constant yep. travel, and um, set up a life choice of uh, meditation mm-hmm. and yoga yep. and no caffeine and and. In a sense, what you're saying to yourself and thus saying to the world is, um, I take myself seriously. Absolutely. I'm here to win at life. Mm-hmm. I'm here to be the best I can. Yeah, I cannot fulfill my, surf- my purpose in life and serve other people if I can't, you know, if I can't function. You know, you can't, you know, I see uh, this happened a lot earlier on in my career where I would be working really late nights and I would just, you know, four, three, four hours of sleep, tons of caffeine, just trying, you know, but I got to grind. I got to grind. I got to grind this out. I got, you know, got to push it, got to, you know, and it's like, no. And then I started meeting actual successful people and I was like, oh, you go to bed at 830. Oh, but you wake up at 4 a.m. Oh, and you, you eat. Oh, you you're monitoring all that stuff. Well, you're putting a lot of time and energy into your health. How do you get all your work done? And it's like, that's how I get all my work done is because I'm healthy. You so, know? It's an investment in yourself. So on a personal note, I have, uh, uh, I've gained like eight pounds, mm-hmm. right? And I have a gig coming up where I'm going to be speaking in front of um, uh, um, leadership people. Mm-hmm. Um which I'm never comfortable truly at, really, because I love women's engagements. You know, you just be there. Let's just, hey, girls, let's share. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a certain amount of judginess, um, you know, um, standing in front of men mm-hmm. um, and being older woman. And, all right, let me tell you, you know, how to behave, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right, okay. So... I decided I'm going to, um, well, I'm going to lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to write down everything I eat. And that worked really great for um, eight, nine, nine days, right? Yep. <laughs> Lost two pounds. And then the last two days, I have an absolute unwillingness to do it. Mm-hmm. I just, I 
and I said, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm right now um, writing a very difficult personal piece that is like um, when you try and write a solo show or try and write any kind of show or any kind of script, to me it's like, you know how they have those uh, jigsaw puzzles mm -hmm. um, where it's like maybe all all snow-covered mountains. Yeah, it's majority the same color, yeah. And the sky is just, you know, bluebird yeah. <laughs> blue, right? And it's like, and every piece is identical shape, yeah. and you're doing it where it's upside down. So yeah. it's just cardboard you're looking at. And to me, that's what it's like trying to put together the pieces of my life, and in this case, the pieces of a one-person show. And I found myself literally in my pantry eating carbs oh. um and i what what am i doing put that how did you get in here yeah. i don't even have a memory of getting <laughs> in there it's like what are you doing put it down and then i came back and then i whoop there yeah. I, my feet kept me there and so you know we all want i mean i'm sure everybody listening to this is yeah i want to be healthy yeah. and I want to be fit, and I want to be thin, and I want to be hot-looking. Well, but I wanna, okay, you know? now you're talking about different things now. Because whatever I think about health, I don't think about, like, the fitness model. I think about, like, Kevin James. You know, Kevin James is an actor who's a heavy-set guy. He's a big dude. But the guy can move, and he can do things, and he's functioning, and he's high-functioning, and he's, you know, there's sports movies where he's doing action sequences, and he's doing physical pratfall comedy, and he's doing all this stuff. But does he look like a fit guy? No, absolutely not. If you saw a photo of him, you'd be like, yeah, it's an overweight no, guy. No, but we're he's not be... talking, we're talking about... We're talking about, about health, yeah. We're talking about health, but yeah. we're talking about what happens when you make a commitment to yes. your health, whatever it might be yeah. in that case, and you are cross purposes, mm -hmm. like you you can't you you have habits that you are doing your best. Well, maybe not your best, yeah. Judy, if you're in the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> Whose voice was that? My grandmother's, I think. But anyway, um, that's that's the problem. I mean, you're the kind of guy, Jason. That you went like, okay, I'm having a problem with caffeine. I'm giving it up. I'm giving up. Never having caffeine again. Done. Yeah. You know, and you were a guy who was pounding energy drinks. So, I mean, do you, do you have these inner conversations with yourself that you're struggling to change a habit to make yourself healthier, to be on your purpose in life and be on that purpose of being healthier, but... There's something in you that's the devil, yeah. oh, maybe, yeah. that goes, give that up, stop <laughs> it, you don't need that. Mm -hmm. Jogging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your knees hurt. Stop it right now. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's what I am. Anytime I have set a health goal for myself, I am great, and I'm doing it, and I feel so good. Yeah. I feel so good doing it. And then it stops. Yep. And I and I make choices that don't even seem like I'm making choices. They seem unconscious. Mm -hmm. And 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 I start to feel shameful. Yep. I start not to feel as good. Mm -hmm. I feel like a failure. Um 
you want to give a little advice on that? Because I know there's so people out things. there who might feel the yeah. same way I feel. So, so a couple things. Uh, number one, uh, when you are committing to something, you've got to set up the, the field so that you can win. Uh, one of the issues that you, right when you said, I went to the pantry and suddenly I'm just pounding carbs. It's like, well, you had a time bomb sitting in your pantry that was waiting to be eaten. <laughs> and if you're trying to be fit, why are you laying all these traps around you? It's like, I'm going to get fit and I'm going to put all these Twinkies in drawers around my house. It's like, no, don't, don't, don't set yourself up. Also, when a change comes, when like, for example, the caffeine thing. When I found out, it was like, all right, dude, you got to drop the caffeine. You know, the first thing I concentrated on was the why. And I beat the why into my head. Why do I need to stop doing this? It's not because I don't want to be sick. It's because I want to be to maintain a level of performance in my work and in my life. And if I continue to do this, I'm going to cause that a detriment. And is a basically the equivalent of a soda Every, a couple sodas a day worth me completely damaging all of the work and all the stuff I've done so far in my life. Absolutely not. The concept that I can't get over not drinking a couple, you know, canned beverages a day versus losing everything that I've worked for for the last 40 years. Oh, that's a very easy decision to make. But it's a hard decision to remind yourself of. So whenever I got cravings, which for like the first, you know, four weeks, I was like, because I had a, I had a, you know, the habitual process of wake up, pound a rock star, go to this, you know, that was my routine. So I had to alter my landscape. So I got rid of all the caffeinated stuff in my house. That was just the first go, and there was a shit ton of it. Um, you know, that's I. It was one of these things to where I was trying to find someone to take it because I was feeling bad to throw it all away. But at the ultimately, I had to put it all in a bag and drop it in the dumpster. You know, so it's like. You got to clear up that local landscape. You got to put yourself in a winning position, you know. Um, second of all, the constant reminder of the why and really laying down, you know, what am I actually giving up? Is this a sacrifice or is this just an inconvenience? Giving up caffeine is not a sacrifice. It's, it's, it's inconvenient. It's something I've come to rely on. It's an addiction that obviously formed inside me that I need to get rid of, but it's not a sacrifice. Like, I'm not like, here's my child, throw it into the volcano so the village can live. Like, no, that's not what's happening. I'm giving up drinking or eating certain things so that I can live longer and perform better. When you put those things on a piece of paper, if you wrote that down, you'd be like, I I'm an idiot if I'm not doing this. But you also have to remind yourself of why. Like, uh, second weekend, I was, uh, my first shoot, that's the thing, is my first uh, uh, actual gig where I had to go to a location and shoot. I didn't prepare myself mentally to not have caffeine. Because normally what I'll do is I'll land in whatever city I'm, I'm doing the production in, whether I'm meeting with a team or on my own or whatever. And I first thing I do is I look up the local CVS or Target or whatever, and I run in and I buy a bunch of energy drinks and throw them in the fridge at the hotel room. That was like rote standard stuff that I would do whenever I'd land. I land and I'm literally going through the process of looking for a CVS on my phone. And I'm like, what the 
hell am I doing? I'm doing. Okay, I'm, you're in the pantry. Yeah, I'm in the pantry. Exactly. I'm in the thing. I'm like, why am I doing this? Oh, because I've habitually done that. So now I'm recognizing, okay, I've got to build a new habit. I've got to build a new routine. I've got to build something new to offset the thing that I'm used to doing. You know, so I was like, all right, wow. I'm going to go buy. Now, if I go to CVS, I'm buying sparkling waters, you know, so I'm getting a case of sparkling water. So I have something to drink. Sparkling water became my alternative to Rockstar and Monster and all that stuff. So I found an alternative, which brings us to the next thing is finding alternatives to things. You know, um, if, I mean, mostly you should talk to a nutritionist or things like that, but or, you know, you can find a lot of good information online. But if you're someone who is eating because of comfort, that can be a serious problem because especially like you're talking about working on something very emotionally challenging. Well, if you're working on something very emotionally challenging, you're being pressed on one side. You're, you're willingly giving yourself an immense amount of discomfort. This is something that you have chosen to do. So how are you going to treat that discomfort, you know, opposite? Like, wh what are you going to do to, to, to contradict that? Because if you're just like, I'm just going to uh, diet all the time and exercise all the time and then write this really hard play that stresses me out, like all you're doing is just beating yourself into the ground. No, it's... What you were doing before was I would write something really, you know, I'm working on something that's very emotional that takes a lot of, you know, bandwidth emotionally. And then I'm going to offset that by walking into the pantry and eating a bunch of good snacks because the pleasure of food is offsetting the pain of that writing. And it's something you've always yeah, done when uncomfortable from childhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes it even worse. So now it's like, okay, before I go into my day of writing that serious work that I know is going to put a lot of pressure on me or cause me a lot of discomfort, how have I planned to deal with that? What it, Maybe I need to switch to healthy snacks. Maybe I need to, you know change out, you know, maybe I need to take naps or take an exercise, you know, you're going to have to find something. Maybe I need to meditate, you know, self-care and healthcare isn't just about like exercising and eating lots of fruits and vegetables and drinking water. It can be about just sitting and thinking for a little while, yeah. meditating, reading something that's inspiring. That's, that's a huge thing that I've always found that like, if I start my day reading something that puts me in a good state, That'll carry me through all sorts of pain. Well, you've given me some really great ideas mm. here, and I think everybody else, um, <laughs> real good ideas, because I'm sure I'm not the only one, right, people? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, oh, and, no, Judy, we've never had that problem, writing something yeah. uncomfortable. And, and then like, I screw start... up all the time, too. Like, I, like, yeah. I, you know, I've, you know, I, I, as I said, I gained a ton of weight after my surgery. I, like, I gained a, a, an insane amount and felt terrible because I fell off the wagon. But, also, you have to forgive yourself when stuff goes bad and then just get back to it. You know, the you know, Mo Robbins has a great thing about how when people say I'm I'm a procrastinator, it's like, no, you're not a procrastinator. You are a person who has the habit of procrastinating. That's a big difference between I am this. So when you go into that pantry and you eat the carbs after having a, a, a serious work day and you go, Oh, I'm a failure. I'm a, I'm, oh, I'm, oh, I'm so shameful. I'm this. No, you're not. You're someone who messed up. You 
did something that you might consider shameful, but you are not a shameful person. You, you're not guilty. You did something that you don't approve of. So you need to be able to go, okay, I forgive myself. Let's get back to work. Well, this has been great. I'm ready to sum up. Okay, uh, let me do, do the sum up here because I've been taking notes because I think I'm going to take these notes and pin this up. <laughs> well, if I had a bulletin board, but whatever. Mm -hmm. So the first thing about health is to, you know, you want to make a change to your health. Alter your local landscape yep. so you can win. Yes. Don't put the temptations. Don't have a big bag of mm -hmm. chocolate. You have to look at, you know, anytime you walk into your kitchen. Okay. Yeah, all the just-in-case stuff. Well, just in case I want to have. Well, yeah. just in case. Nope, that take, goes into the dumpster. Take an action. Yeah. Alter it. Two, understand your why in order to change any habit really truly understand it like what are you going to get out of this what what is your why yeah write it down and repeat it yes write it down and repeat it okay and then this says oh when you have a behavior that you want to change don't just um stop doing it yep. but replace it with something else yes okay find find a a healthy alternative mm -hmm. so if you're working on something creatively and it's really uncomfortable and your go-to is to go to comfort food well then you know and i got a good idea for myself that always helps me is because when I'm so into my own story, mm -hmm. I put on an audiobook and go for a walk with an audiobook. So I'm into someone else's story yep. and problems. Yep. And, and that really shifts my brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, you're literally changing your state. Yes. And um, finally, we all screw up, we all go off the wagon. Um, forgive yourself. Um, when, when, when things go wrong and you, you know, didn't do your commitment, you're not on purpose. It's always about forgiving yourself and get back to your purpose. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening, and let's find your message and launch your career.